This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 104. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. So for this Sunday's episode on news and rumors from the big four camera sites, Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors, let's get into what is going on in the camera industry for this week. Let's do this. All right, first up, this is Canon's RF lens roadmap going forward. Last month, I reported on Canon's lens roadmap for the remainder of 2020 and likely into 2022. That report included the RF 50mm f1.8 STM and the RF 70-200 f4L ISUSM and descriptions of the lenses that turned out to be correct. I still get a lot of questions about the roadmap going forward, so I figured I'd post a reminder about what to expect and add this information to the menu on the left so you can come back easily to it anytime you want. The Canon RF tilt shift lenses, it's rumored that Canon's going to be releasing a TS-R 14mm f4L and a Canon TSR 24mm f35L. These lenses will be the first tilt shift lenses to have autofocus. Canon RF zoom lenses. The Canon RF 10 to 24 f4L USM, the Canon RF 14 to 35 f4L IS USM, the Canon RF 18 to 45 f4 to 56 IS STM, the Canon RF 70 to 200 f4L IS USM, and of course that lens was already announced on November 4th of this year. The Canon RF 100 to 400 f5 to 6 uh, F56 to 7.1 IS USM. Under Canon Prime lenses, we have the Canon RF Prime lenses listed below the RF 35mm F1.2 L USM, the Canon RF 50mm F1.8 STM, which was announced on November 4th, the Canon RF 135 F1.4 L USM. Now, that one's got me excited because I used to have the Canon EF-135 F2 and a 1.4L would be even better. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be an expensive lens, but that's one I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye out for. Uh, Next up, under Canon RF macro lenses, the Canon RF-24 F1.8 IS STM macro and the Canon RF-100 F2.8L macro IS USM. Under Super Telephoto lenses, we have the Canon RF 400 F2.8L uh, ISUSM, the Canon RF 500 F4L ISUSM, the Canon RF 600 F4L ISUSM, the RF 800 F5.6L ISUSM, and the Canon RF 1200mm F8L ISUSM. 
Now, this may not be a complete list of upcoming lenses for the Canon RF mount for 2020 and beyond. While the original source told me that these lenses were initially scheduled to arrive by the end of 2021, there may be delays for obvious reasons. That said, I think Canon will do their best to make a huge splash ahead of the Tokyo Olympic Games next summer. And I do agree with this assessment, and these lenses are all exciting. At least I think it's exciting, uh, being I'm a Canon RF shooter. Uh, I definitely like the idea that Canon is doing everything they can within reason to accelerate the release of more RF glass for the EOS R, RP, R5, R6, and the RA. So this is absolutely some exciting news for anybody that is shooting the Canon RF bodies. Next up, Canon announces the macOS full production version of EOS web utility software. From Canon USA, with over 1 million downloads across the globe, with 300,000 of them in the U.S. alone, the next chapter in the EOS webcam utility software story has been written. Continuing to fulfill the very apparent need of our customers, Canon USA Inc., a leader in digital imaging solutions, today announced the full product, product, uh, production version 1.0 of the EOS webcam utility software for Mac OS, as well as version 1.1 for Windows. Now officially out of beta, macOS users as well as Windows users have access to the software which converts compatible EOS interchangeable lens cameras and power shot cameras into high quality webcams for video conferencing and streaming. Rooted with ease and convenience at its core, the EOS webcam utility software is a direct result of the market shift that Canon identified and adhering to the needs of our customer base, Canon designed software that produces high quality video streaming. Now compatible with 43 Canon EOS interchangeable lens cameras and power shot cameras, including the new EOS M50 Mark II, the complete list of compatible Canon cameras is listed below. And of course, I'll share a link in the article uh, to this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Another common conversation theme within the beta software forums was compatibility with third-party applications. As of announcement day, the new production version of the software has been tested with various video conferencing applications, as well as streaming applications, which include Cisco WebEx, Discord, Facebook Live, Google Hangouts, Google Hangouts Meet, Facebook Messenger, Microsoft Teams, Open Broadcaster Software, Skype, Slack, Streamlabs OBS, YouTube Live, Zoom, and Apple FaceTime. Moreover, customers have desired to record high-quality video onto the memory card in their camera while video conferencing or streaming, and we listened. This can now be achieved by simply pressing the record button on the camera and not through the software. While customers sharing their points of view, experiences, and preferences via the EOS Webcam Utility Software Users Forum, the software would not have reached this level of success. Moving forward, Canon will continue to lean on customers, listen to the market, and create innovative solutions that fulfill customers' needs while continuing to offer high-quality digital imaging equipment and solutions. To download the full production version of the EOS Webcam Utility Software version 1.0 for Mac OS and version 1.1 for Windows and learn how to use it, you can visit the Canon uh, usa.canon.com slash support slash EOS Webcam Utility. The new software will be available worldwide and available for download directly from the Canon website in each region. 
If you'd like to ask questions or provide feedback pertaining to the production version of EOS Webcam Utility Software for Mac, please visit our newly created forum at canon.us slash forum EOS Webcam Utility. Tested to confirm the EOS webcam utility is selectable as a video source and the video feed is displayed properly with macOS 10.15 Catalina, 10.14 Mojave, and 10.13 High Sierra. The macOS version may affect the usability of the applications. For more details, please visit our website uh, the support website for EOS webcam utility. So this is definitely exciting news. I did already download the Mac version of the EOS webcam utility and installed it in High Sierra. I haven't had a chance to test it yet, um, so I can't report on that, but it's definitely exciting news. Now, one thing I will let my listeners know, when you install it in Mac OS to complete the installation, you do have to reboot your system uh, for it to fully implement. So just an FYI for you, letting you know that ahead of time when you go to download and install that on your Mac OS system. But it's definitely exciting to see that Canon is now officially supporting both Windows and Mac with that streaming software uh, uh, that they created. That's exciting news for everybody. Question, are you looking for fast autofocus prime lenses for your EOS M camera? Well, Viltrox may have what you want. Third-party lens maker Viltrox has recently added three new fast prime lenses with autofocus for the EF-M mount or the EOS M cameras, and they're very affordable. While Canon doesn't appear to be interested in making such lenses for the EOS M, we may have to rely on third-party manufacturers going forward. You can buy Viltrox EF-M lenses directly on Amazon. The lenses are the Viltrox EF-M 23mm f1.4 at $299, and that is an approximate 35mm equivalent in full frame. The Viltrox EF-M 33mm f1.4 for $259, which is a 50mm equivalent, and the Viltrox EF-M 56mm f1.4 for $279, which is a approximately a 90 millimeter equivalent. You can learn more about Viltrox lenses at their official website. Now, this is definitely exciting. As I've talked about in previous episodes, the EOS M series has always been a little bit confusing. I'm, I never understood why Canon came out with a different crop body mount with the EOS M and then later came out with the RF mount for the full frame mirrorless. And now, of course, there's rumors that they're actually going to start manu- or they're going to start releasing RF mount APS-C bodies, which leads me to believe that at some point in the very near future, Canon's going to scrap the EM line altogether. So it is exciting to see that someone like Viltrox is stepping up and creating some fast, affordable prime lenses for the EF-M mount. So if you have one of those cameras, check them out. And of course, I'll have a link to the article in the show notes so that you can get directly to the purchase links on Amazon. Next up, review Canon RF 85mm F2 IS STM by TDP. Brian at the Digital Picture has completed his exhaustive review of the brand new Canon RF 85 F2 IS STM, Canon's latest affordable fast prime. 
As we've read and seen from other reviewers, this lens appears to be a big winner, especially once the price is considered. A lot of photographers will end up with this lens in their kit. From TDP, quote, the compact size and lightweight make this lens comfortable to carry and use for long time periods. Image stabilization means the tripod can often be left behind, which also decreases the overall carry weight and setup time. While the RF85 F2 IS STM does not get professional build quality or the ultimate image quality, it performs well with accurate AF performance, ensuring this lens's sharp image quality is fully realized. Even with the very shallow depth of field, this lens creates at close focus distances with narrow apertures. I'm going to share a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check out the full review for yourself should you be inclined. It's definitely something to be excited about, and that lens is one that I'm still looking to pick up yet myself. Next up, Blackmagic Design announces DaVinci Resolve 17. Over 300 new features, including HDR grading, AI mask magic, uh, magic mask, improved Fairlight usability, improved editing, and much more. From Fremont, California, USA, Monday, November 9th, 2020, Blackmagic Design today announced DaVinci Resolve 17, a major new release with over 300 new features and improvements, including HDR grading tools, redesigned primary color controls, next-generation Fairlight Audio Engine, including Fairlight Audio Core, and support for 2,000 real-time audio tracks, plus dozens of other time-saving tools for editors, including a redesigned inspector, new bin sorting, and metadata clip views. DaVinci Resolve 17 public beta is available for download now from the Blackmagic Design website. DaVinci Resolve 17 is a major new release with over 100 new features and 200 improvements. The color page features new HDR grading tools, redesigned primary controls, AI-based magic mask, and more. Fairlight updates, mouse and keyboard edit selection tools so customers can work faster along with Fairlight Audio Core and FlexBus, a next-generation audio engine with oh, and busing architecture with support for 2,000 tracks. Editors get a metadata slight view with bin dividers, zoomed waveforms for audio trimming, smart reframing, a unified inspector, and dozens of other time-saving tools. In addition, compositions created in Fusion can now be used as an effect, title, or transition on the edit and cut pages. DaVinci Resolve 17 features incredible new creative tools for colorists. Power window drawing has been improved. There are new split-screen wipe options and additional SAT versus LUM curve, improved scopes, support for 17.3D LUTs, and more. The HDR grading palette lets customers create new color wheels with custom roll-off for specific tonal ranges, giving customers more creative control to make final adjust or fine adjustments. The wheels include exposure and saturation controls for each zone. They're color space aware, so customers get per, uh, perceptually uniform results. The mess-based warping tool lets customers adjust two-color para 7 at once. Customers can adjust both hue and saturation or chroma and luma. Adjustments are made by dragging control points with smooth falloff for clean, natural-looking adjustments. It's an entirely new way to transform color in their images. 
Selecting and tracking people for targeted correction has never been easier. Magic Mask makes uh, uh, uses the Da Vinci neural engine to automatically create masks for an entire person or specific features such as face or arms. Customers get mat fit fitness tools, the ability to add and remove strokes, and automatic tracking. DaVinci Resolve Color Management adds features to simplify their workflow and improve image quality. DaVinci Wide Gamma and DaVinci Intermediate are timeline color space and gamma settings that provide a universal internal working color space. It's larger than what customers can capture or B, uh, BT.2020, RE Wide Gamma, and even ACES AP1. Customers will never lose image data no matter where it comes from. DaVinci Resolve 17 is the biggest update in Fairlight history with new features, tools, core improvements that make it the world's fastest and highest quality solution for audio post-production. Edit selection mode with new keyboard shortcuts unlocks functionality previously available on the Fairlight Audio Editor. These context-sensitive tools make editing incredibly fast. If users are switching over to Fairlight, these intuitive and familiar tools will help customers get up and running quickly. Fairlight Audio Core is a low-latency, next-generation audio engine that intelligently manages workload by using all CPU cores and threads, as well as the optional Fairlight Audio Accelerator card. Customers get up to 2,000 tracks with each real-time, EQ, Dynamics, and six plugins all on a single system. Flexbus is a flexible bus architecture that uses up to 26-channel-wide multi-purpose buses instead of fixed buses. Customers can send tracks to buses, buses to tracks, and buses to buses in as many cascade layer deep as needed to create massive sessions. Route anything to anything without limitations. The new transient analysis tool automatically detects individual words, beats, or sound effects. Transient markers are displayed as vertical lines in the waveform. Customers can navigate between them using the arrow keys. Transient markers make it easy to identify specific parts of sound for editing. Fairlight Audio Core and Flexbus enable large projects with thousands of tracks on a single system. Previously, this required Chase computers to be synced with a primary system. Plus, DaVinci Resolve's multi-user collaboration lets multiple sound editors work on the entire project at the same time. DaVinci Resolve 17 makes the cut page even smarter with great new features designed to help customers finish quick turn around projects even faster. Metadata Slate View with bin dividers makes it easy to sort and find clips based on scene, shot, and camera, and more. When used with source tape, it's the fastest way to jump in and out of scenes or groups of shots. Now customers can edit in 16.9 HD or Ultra HD and quickly create square or vertical versions for posting to Instagram and other apps. The DaVinci Neural Engine automatically identifies faces and repositions them inside the new frame so customers don't have to do it manually. Finding the right effect, transition, or title is faster and easier than ever. The elegant new multi-column view lets customers see more and scroll less. Descriptive icons also help customers quickly find what customers need. Plus, customers can now hover scrub the mouse across any item to see a live preview in the viewer. Live production projects from ATEM Mini Pro ISO can be opened as a video edit. The sync bin with multi-view lets customers fine-tune edits from the original live production or even replace shots 
you can use the HD ISO recordings from ATAM or Relink to Blackmagic RAW camera files for finishing in Ultra HD. Now customers can create easily managed independent proxy media that dramatically improves system performance and makes projects portable. Proxies can be as small as 1 16th resolution and saved as H.264, H.265, ProRes, or DNX HR. They can even be generated internally or externally by third-party tools. It is now easier to create synchronized multicam clips, simply stack clips on the timeline and use the new auto align tool to sync based on time code or waveform. Customers can also manually move clips into position to create a sync map. Timelines can be converted into a multicam clip or a compound clip. New Resolve FX 3D HSL and Luma Keyer plugins let customers pull keys directly into the timeline on both the edit and cut pages. In addition, alpha channels from Resolve FX and OpenFX plugins are now supported, as are embedded alpha channels and external mat files, giving customers even more compositioning options. The Render in Place command lets customers generate rendered files for any portion of the timeline. Once rendered, customers can move, edit, and trim without having to re-render. Unlike cache files, render files are easy to manage and portable. Source side adjustments let customers change a clip before editing it into the timeline. For example, customers can adjust raw controls, add a LUT, remap audio tracks, change sizing, playback frame rate, and more, all before editing a clip into the timeline. New support for native processing of interlaced timeli uh, timelines results in higher quality compositioning and titling for interlaced deliverables. High-quality DaVinci Neural Engine deinterlacing analyzes motion between fields to reconstruct progressive frames. Customers also get real-time 3 to 2 pull-down removal. Compositions customers create on the Fusion page can now be saved as a template and used on the Edit or Cut page. New animation curve modifiers can be used to automatically retime animations when customers change their duration in an edit. Audio playback with waveform display makes it easier to create precisely timed animations. There are shared markers with the edit page and more. In addition, 27 GPU accelerated. Resolve FX has been added to the Fusion page, including the noise reduction and sharpening tools from the color page. New node view bookmarks makes it easy to navigate large comps. The toolbar can be customized with their favorite tools and vertical layouts are supported in the node editor. Node tree bookmarks let customers quickly navigate to any part of the node tree in a large composition. Customizable toolbars let customers quickly switch toolbars based on the current task. Vertical node tree layout gives customers more room to view the spline and keyframe editors when creating animations and more. Customers will find new and improved format support on the media page, new delivery options, and a unified inspector design on the toolbar let customers quickly switch toolbars based on their current task. All right, I'm going to go ahead and skip down to the bottom of this article. DaVinci Resolve 17 features next generation HDR color correction with customizable wheels and tonal zones. Mesh and grid-based color warper delivers an entirely new way to transform color. Magic Mask Automatic Object Isolation powered by the DaVinci Neural Engine. Improved color management with tone mapping and color space aware tools. Massive DaVinci Wide Gamut Color Space for higher quality image processing. 
high-speed audio editing with new keyboard and mouse context-sensitive tools, Fairlight Audio Core Engine with audio load balancing and support for 2,000 tracks, revolutionary FlexBus architecture for audio routing without limitations, automatic transient detection for beats, words, and sound effects, support for massive audio projects with thousands of tracks on a single system, metadata-based card view and media pool on cut page, precision audio trimming on the cut page timeline and graphical trimmer, smart reframe powered by the DaVinci Neural Engine on cut and edit pages, live edit title and transition previews on cut and edit pages, import and edit projects from A10 Mini Pro ISO, Proxy media workflows up to 116th resolution in H.264, 265, ProRes, and DNxHR. Time-based clip syncing to create multicam and compound clips. Alpha support for keying and compositioning on cut and edit pages. Render in-place command for effects-heavy clips on cut and edit timelines. Make source-side adjustments before editing clips into the timeline, portable timeline, and bin files for easy sharing, native interlaced processing in real-time 3-2 to pull-down removal, node tree bookmarks, customizable fusion toolbar, and vertical node layouts, support for growing files in media pool, support for frame-based metadata for BR, uh, BRAW, RE, RED, Sony, and EXR, workflow integration API, and third-party encoder API. DaVinci Resolve is a public beta now available for download from the Blackmagic Design website, and of course, I'll share a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. A lot of new features coming in DaVinci Resolve 17 that I think is going to have a lot of cinematographers extremely happy. Last up from Canon Rumors this week, industry news, Sony to enter drone market with Air Peak. Press release, Tokyo, Japan, Sony Corporation today announced it has launched a new project for drones in the field of AI robotics. The recent proliferation of drones has contributed greatly to the delivery of previously unseen images as well as to workflow efficiency and energy savings in the industrial sector. Sony has assigned the AirPeak brand to reflect its aspirations to contribute to the further involvement and the creation of unprecedented value through its imaging and sensing technology as well as 3R technologies, reality, real-time, and remote in the drone area. AirPeak will support the creativity of drone creators to the fullest extent possible, aiming to contribute to further development of the entire entertainment industry, as well as to uh, improve efficiency and savings in various industries. AirPeak will also promote this project to enable drone use with the highest level of safety and reliability in in the environments where it has been difficult in the past. Sony will continue to post project related information and obtain feedback from drone users through co-creation activities to prepare for the launch of the project in the spring of 2021. The company soon plans to begin seeking partners in the professional space who can collaborate on the project. And you can view more information on the project at sony.net slash airpeak. And of course, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. 
We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage for the show at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. You can call or text the show at 470-294-8191 with questions, comments, or requests for future episodes. If you prefer not to call or text, you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Also, check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, and you can find us on Twitter at LiamPhotoATL. On Twitter, you can tweet the show. Just insert the hashtag LiamPhotoPodcast. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Okay, so now we're going to move on to Nikon rumors for this week. New Manfrotto CF Express memory cards. Manfrotto announced two new CF Express Type B memory cards with 128GB and 256GB capacity coming soon to the Manfrotto Amazon store. Here is an updated list of CF Express companies Delkin, Lexar, ProGrade, Sony, SanDisk, Apacer, Wise, Bywin, uh, AData, Western Digital, EgoDisk, Delloc, Angelbird, InnoDisk, Panasonic, Integral, Agfa Photo, available in Europe, Transcend, and now Manfrotto. So it is definitely exciting and interesting that Manfrotto has recently decided to not only get into battery manufacturing, but now manufacturing CF Express Type B cards as well. But as I always say, more competition on the market is better for consumers because you can get a better deal, better pricing, and high-quality memory cards. So that's absolutely a great little bit of news there. And I'm sure it'll make a lot of the uh, Nikon shooters extremely excited to have another vendor that they can get CF Express Type B cards from. Next up, Nisi 100mm filter holder for the Nikon Z 14-24 f2.8 S lens. In addition to the new 112mm circular NC ND1000 filters, Nisi also announced a new 100mm filter holder for the Nikkor Z14-24 f2.8 S lens that promises no vignetting at 14mm even with two stacked filters. The new square filter holder is designed exclusively for the Nikkor 14-24. The holder frame can be rotated 360 degrees. The filter position can be freely determined according to the composition. Additional information specifically designed for the Nikkor Z14-24. No vignetting, 360-degree rotation with a rotation lock. Locking screws to lock holder in position. Features new clip design from the V6 smooth inserting and removing filters. Made from black powder-coated Aviation-grade billet aluminum supports two times 100 millimeter filters. So this is definitely some exciting news. Nisi, uh, if you remember in my lens filter episode that I recently did, Nisi was one of the brands I talked about. They do make high-quality filters and filter systems for photography, and they're definitely one of the brands that I would recommend if you're looking to get into any kind of daytime long exposure photography or any other type of photography where you would need to use filters of any sort sort. Additional information can be found at their website. Nisi filters are sold on Adorama, B&H, Photo, and Amazon. And the Nikkor Z14-24 f2.8 S lens is available in the U.S. at Adorama, B&H, and Amazon. In the U.K. and D.E. at Wex, Park Camera, and Calumet. 
and in Canada at Camera Canada. So there you have it. And of course, I'll share a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Nikon D6 firmware update version 1.11 has been released. Nikon released the new firmware. Here is a list of fixes. In the case of zoom lenses for which no previous saved values existed, performing auto AF fine tuning at one focal length, minimum or maximum, would result in a value for the remaining focal length failing to save correctly. This fix was accompanied by changes in the workflow. When radio-controlled AWL was used with two or more remote flash units, flash output for I-TTL flash control would not be adjusted to reflect the values chosen for flash compensation, exposure compensation, the flash bracketing increment, or the exposure flash bracketing increment. The new firmware can be downloaded at Nikon's website, and I'll share a link to this article in the show notes where you can Get the link to directly download the firmware for yourself. The Nikon D6 is now in stock at Adorama, B&H, Wex, Park Camera, Calumet, and Camera Canada. Next up, Nikon Nikkor Z24-50 f4-6.3 lens in stock for the first time. The new Nikon lens is now in stock for the first time at selected retailers in the U.S. at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, all of them have it in stock. The UK, Park Cameras and Wex Camera, out of stock. Germany, Calumet, out of stock. Canada, uh, and Canada, Canada, Camera Canada, is in stock. Uh, the Nikkor Z24-50 f4-6.3 lens size comparison chart is also included in this article, and I'll share this uh, article in the show notes so that you can check all this information out for yourself. Next up, the first review of the Megadap MTZ-11 autofocus adapter for Leica M lenses to Nikon Z cameras. Here is the first review of the new autofocus adapter for Leica M lenses to fit on Nikon Z camera bodies. The Megadap MTZ-11 autofocus adapter comes with a two-year warranty, is currently in stock at the Photo Rumors online store with free international shipping via FedEx ships by next day. Now there is a YouTube video that is a part of this article where you can check out the details on how well this adapter works. There's a couple of additional videos later on in the article. So of course I'll share this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Nikon Malaysia will cease operations. Distributors will continue to operate. Nikon Malaysia announced that they will cease operations while distributors will continue to operate in the country. Here is the full press release. Nikon restructures operations and strengthens partnerships in Malaysia to continue to provide excellence to customers. On November 4, 2020, Nikon Malaysia announces that it will appoint the below-mentioned partners to manage all business activities covering marketing, sales, and after-sales service on behalf of Nikon in Malaysia, effective from January 1, 2021. For the imaging business, uh, Foodoramic Photo AV SDN BHD will be our authorized distributor. For the industrial meteorology business, QES Asia Pacific SDN BHD will continue to be our authorized distributor. Nikon Malaysia SDN BHD is pleased to be deepening its relationship with 
uh, Photoramic Photo AVSDNBHD. I don't know why they have all these letters in here. <laughs> and QES Asia Pacific SDNBHD, both of which have been valued key partners since 2003 and 2009, respectively. With the above mentioned, Nikon Malaysia also hereby announces that it will cease its total operation effective as of January 1st, 2021, and its final operation day will be December 31st, 2020. Nikon is committed and will continue to provide products and services to meet customers' needs and expectations in the Malaysian market and throughout the world. Product and service availability, effective January 1st, 2021, uh, it has the information for Futuromic uh, Photo and the other uh, the industrial industrial meteorology products divisions, and I'll include a link in this article to the show notes. It does have both companies' addresses and phone numbers, as well as email addresses where you can contact them with any questions or needs. And last up from Nikon rumors for this week, Nikon AFS Nikkor 500mm f5.6 E PFED VR alphabet lens soup, alphabet soup lens soup, now in stock in the U.S., $300 off. This Nikon lens is now in stock in the U.S. is currently $300 off at Adorama, B&H, and Amazon. Here are all current Nikon discounts by country, and I'll include a link to this article in the show notes because there are discounts in the U.S. at Adorama and B&H, in the U.K. at Amazon UK Park Cameras and Wex Photo, in Denmark at Calumet, and Canada at Amazon Canada and Camera Canada. Okay, and now the latest from Fuji Rumors for this week. Fujifilm Camera Remote App 4.6.1 has been released. Support for iOS 14, bug fixes, and performance improvements. You can download the iOS version at the App Store and the Android version from their App Store, respectively. I have not had a chance to download and try this new Fujifilm uh, camera remote app for my GFX50R, but I will be testing it in the very near future, and I'll give you my thoughts and opinions on it at that time. Next up, the power of Fujifilm Colors, why I love Fuji Colors and see them in action at our film simulations group. I don't know about you, but when I look at an image, the first thing I notice is not how sharp it is at 400% magnification or how grainy it is at ISO 12800. Nope. What first grabs my attention are subject composition and colors. And those are the main wow factors for me. And while for the first one, subject composition, no Fujifilm camera can help you, and it's totally up to the photographer to compose a pleasing image when it comes to colors, however, Fujifilm cameras can be quite a good support for us photographers, and certainly they are for me. Since I switched to Fujifilm after a long journey searching for my system, I have quite radically changed and sped up my editing workflow thanks to Fujifilm simulations. I shoot RAW plus JPEG. I still adjust exposure and add sharpening here and there and make some other tweaks. But the more film simulations Fujifilm was releasing over the years, the less I found myself in the need to laboriously edit the color part of my images in order to set the right mood. Not to talk 
of all those times when the JPEG is just right out of the box and I don't adjust anything at all. So yes, for me, Fujifilm film simulations make a whole lot of difference and are one of the main reasons why I love Fujifilm. In order to celebrate Fujifilm colors, I recently launched the Fujifilm simulation group, which has reached 10,000 members in a very short time. In this group, images can be edited in all their parts, sharpening, shadow, highlight, recovery, etc., except for colors. The colors must come purely out of your Fujifilm camera or be applied in post using Capture One or Lightroom. It is not allowed to share images that use custom presets, which means take a film simulation and fine-tune its settings in camera, increase contrast, add grain, etc., creating your own recipes to store as a custom profile inside your Fujifilm camera. Those are very fun to try out. Now, since I am in a total lockdown again, see me here chilling with my dog and cat at home, I have a bit more time this weekend, and I decided to use it to go through the images at our Fujifilm simulation group and pick out some of the most liked shots for you. You'll see images taken with all kinds of film simulations, but you'll notice that classic chrome and classic negative turn out to be the most shared and liked ones or recipes derived from those film simulations, but also Acros, Velvia, Provia, and one of my favorites, Astia, are also present down below. Feel free to check out the images below and to join the group if you want. Now, this is definitely exciting that he, they created this uh, Fujifilm film simulations group. There are some amazing images included in this article, which, of course, I'll link uh, put the link to this article in the show notes. so You can check it out for yourself. I am a more recent Fujifilm shooter with the GFX 50R, as my listeners know, and I do enjoy using the Fujifilm uh, film simulations myself. Fuji has done a fantastic job with their colors in their Fujifilm film film simulations. Hands down, they do a fantastic job of replicating their Fujifilm 35mm film color palettes. And so I do like to play with the Fujifilm film simulations myself to get those fantastic colors and unique Fujifilm only looks to photographs. Next up, Topaz releases new Sharpen AI 2.2. Topaz released the new Sharpen AI 2.2. You can save 15% using our code FUJIRUMOR at checkout. The new version adds following features. Added new models that work better on noisy images. Enable new models by toggling on the extra noise suppression option under the settings slider. Added comparison view should work the same as, de- as in Denoise AI. Added option to move controls to the left side. You can toggle this in preferences. Added user or added tutorial demo image area on the bottom of the opening screen. You can again use the checkout code FUJIRUMOR to get an additional 15% discount on all Topaz products. Here is the list of products and bundles. 15% discount on Mask AI. Adjust AI, Denoise AI, Video Enhance AI, Sharpen AI, Gigapixel AI, JPEG Raw, Utility Bundle, uh, Creator Bundle, and the Topaz Studio 2. And I'll include, of course, a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Fujifilm X-T200, discontinued after just nine months at some stores. Is this the end of Fujifilm's entry-level line? 
The Fujifilm X-T200 was announced on January 23, 2020 and started shipping in February. Now, just nine months after its release, some stores marked it as discontinued. See the image above, for example, it's Google Translated. To my knowledge, this is not happening because uh, an X-T300 is on the way, at least I have not heard about it. The reason is probably very simple. It did not sell well at all. The Fujifilm X-T200 is a very fine camera for its price, but it failed in its purpose. Attack the best-selling camera in this price segment, the rather old and yet still strong-selling Sony A6000, which was released in 2014 is and is still in top-selling rankings on Amazon US. It's currently 22nd. With the entry-level segment, the Sony A6 series line is apparently unbeatable and Fujifilm was not able to break through with excellent products like the Fujifilm X-T200 or even the X-A7, which is unfortunate. The unbeatable Sony A6000, but what could be the reason for the failure of the X-T200 and the ongoing success of the Sony A6000? Well, in part, it could be quite simple. People in the market for such a camera are usually not big photography enthusiasts, and have not a huge photographic culture. They're mostly just buy, they mostly just buy a camera because they want to have something that takes better pictures than their smartphones. Those people know the Sony brand very well from their TVs, their PlayStations, and other electronic products that they use in their daily lives already. It's a brand they know and associate with quality electronic products, and they therefore grab a Sony A6 series rather than a Fujifilm, which is for them a rather unknown brand that they can't relate to at all. Is the entry is this the end of the entry level lineup for Fujifilm? Well, as we discussed in an earlier article that shows Fujifilm's own 2020 Fujifilm camera range pyramid, I believe that sooner rather than later the whole entry level line of Fujifilm will be dropped. It's not a rumor to be clear, but just my evaluation after seeing how this segment has developed over the past few years. The only entry level line that did sell strong for a while was the AX line, but it looks like that also uh, that also is one that is suffering for forcing Fujifilm to discontinue the AX or the XA7 just 11 months after its release. I am very pessimistic about Fujifilm's entry-level line, which, as we also told you already back in 2017, is no longer developed by Fujifilm anymore, but by the Exacti Corporation. This means that already in 2017, Fujifilm struggled to justify that line any longer, and outsourcing its development was the last move to try to save the line. With the Fujifilm X200 and XA7 failing to meet their sales targets, I am just becoming even more pessimistic about the future of those lines. It's a pity I have personally recommended the X-T200 to a few of my friends, and they are all happy with it, but the market is not rewarding the best cameras for the reasons we told you above. The X-T200 body, you can save $250 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. The X-T200 with a 15-45 lens, you can save $300 at the same retailers. Next up, Iridian Developer 3.5 released, optimized for Apple Silicon and Mac OS 11 Big Sur, plus performance boost also for Intel. As you probably know, Apple has launched its brand new MacBooks with Apple Silicon, which promises a huge performance as well as battery life boost. You can read more about that in an included article here. I guess something 
something that never hurts if you edit RAW files. The MacBook Air with M1 Apple Silicon Processor, there's a MacBook Pro with the M1 Silicon Processor, and a Mac Mini with the M1 Silicon Processor. Now, Radiant Developer 3.5 has been released today for macOS. It is now Apple Silicon M1 A12Z Bionic native and optimized for macOS 11 Big Sur. This update also features major performance improvements for Intel as well to compress TIFF export, which is now up to two times faster. The Iridian Developer 3.5 update for macOS 10.7 to 11 can now be downloaded here, and I'll include a link to this article in the show notes. So it's definitely exciting to see that Iridian Developer has already modified their software to run natively on Apple Silicon processors. That's definitely exciting news, and you're going to see more of that accelerating during the tail end of 2020 and into 2021 as Apple rolls out these new Apple Silicon-powered Macs. Fujifilm X100F is now discontinued and in closeout. The Fujifilm X100F was a huge success. It sold stronger than any of its predecessors, leading to biblical long waiting times for pre-ordered cameras to be finally shipped. Same destiny the XF50 f1.0 faces today, but it looks like you won't find it for sale for much longer. In fact, as listed at Adorama, the Fujifilm X100F is now marked in closeout, indicating that once the stock is cleared, they won't get any more units. All this means just one thing, the Fujifilm X100F is discontinued. That's, of course, inevitable since the X, uh, X100F got a wonderful successor with the Fujifilm X100V. You can buy the X100F at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon US, and Focus Camera, and the X100V at the same retailers. And that wraps up our Fujifilm rumors for this week, and now on to Sony Alpha rumors. First up, infographic, when to use a 35 or 50 millimeter lens. The faux blogger infographic helps you understand when you should shoot with 35 or 50 millimeter lenses. There are some different, uh, definitely some interesting uh, opinions in this infographic, and I'll share a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Sony A7C camera definitive review by Dustin Abbott. Dustin Abbott published his definitive and very long Sony A7C review and posted it to YouTube. And of course, I'll share a link in this article or to this article in the show notes. So you can check it out for yourself. The Sony Alpha A7C mirrorless digital camera body only in silver is available for $1,798 at, uh, let's see here, this is B&H Photo. So you can definitely pick it up there. It is also available at Amazon US and Adorama. Next up, Seafrogs announced the new underwater housing for the Sony A7R4. Seafrogs released their new underwater housing. It should be listed soon on Amazon US as well. Uh, extremely short article, so I apologize. That's all it had within it. So we'll move on to the next item. Next up, Luminar AI unveiled the next big new feature name, Composition AI. 
Skylum just, an, uh, just unveiled another new feature of their future Luminar AR, AI, which you can pre-order now. It is named Composition AI, and you can see how it works with this special feature page. And I'll include a link, uh, of course, to this article in the show notes that you can head on over to the Luminar site and check it out for yourself. This Luminar AI definitely sounds exciting. I haven't placed my pre-order yet. But I did reach out to them since I am an affiliate and I've done it, uh, beta tested their software for them in the past to make sure they have me on the list of beta testers once they get to that stage with the new Luminar AI. So hopefully they'll include me in that group and I'll be able to give my listeners more details at that time. But it is definitely some exciting software and I am extremely excited and looking forward to its upcoming release. Next up, new Tamron lens patents for 12, 12 to 24 millimeter APS-C and 24 to 115 millimeter full frame lenses for mirrorless. On top, you see the design for this new 12 to 24 millimeter F33244 for APS-C uh, mirrorless cameras with the patent included. And here is the below design for the new 24 to 115 F4 full frame mirrorless lens and the patent link as well. So you can check that out in the show notes for this episode. Next up, this smartphone macro lens kit offers 10 times magnification for under $20. Unless you regularly take shots of flowers or insects, you might not have a macro lens for your Sony, but with this macro lens kit, you can explore tiny details for way less money via your smartphone. The kit includes two lenses at different focal lengths, and in a special deal for Sony Alpha Rumors readers, it's currently 25% off at $19.99. Going beyond artistic inclinations, if you want to capture great product shots of jewelry and other small items for your day job or perhaps even your own online store, using a macro lens is essential. However, shelling out 500 plus for such niche tasks might seem a little excessive. The macro lens kit offers a great alternative to overly expensive lenses while maintaining the same quality as those higher priced accessories. It contains the macro plus and macro blips lenses, which are no bigger than a contact lens. They can attach to any phone via the supplied sticky strip, allowing you to focus on tiny details. The macro plus lens has a focal distance of 20 millimeters, allowing you to get extremely close to any subject. It works for both photography and video, providing sharp and crisp images for any personal or professional project you may be working on. The macro blips lens lets you get even closer with a focal distance of 10 millimeters. You get 10 times magnification. Both lenses can be attached and removed hundreds of times while continuing to keep sticky to your phone, and they come with a neat carrying card. They are so small you can fit the entire kit in your wallet. This kit usually retails for $26, but you can get it today for just $19.99 with this deal. And of course, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check it out and purchase it for yourself. And last up for this week from Sony Alpha Rumors, great deals for Europeans. Tamron 28-200 FE lens for 725 only at Amazon Germany. 
You get the excellent Tamron 28 to 200 FE lens for 725 euros only at Amazon Germany. That's some 60 to 70 euros less than the next best price. And there is also this Zeiss 24 to 70 FE lens for 549 euros again at Amazon Germany only. All pre-Black Friday deals offered at Amazon DE, Amazon UK, Amazon Italy, Amazon France, Amazon Spain, and Amazon Netherlands. So, of course, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes because I do have a lot of listeners of this show in Europe. So I'm sure it's something they're going to want to know about and check out for themselves. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is name the host of the show myself, Liam, and I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest that has been on the show to show that you're a listener. Once you're in the group, you're free to post your own original work. If you would like creative critique on your images, you can post them with the comment CC please, and myself or another pro in the group would be happy to give you some pointers. Additionally, I am the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group as well. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my project at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com. Remember, the first book goes on sale November 9th, 2020, so keep checking for updates about media appearances and book signings. And that is going to wrap up this week's episode. Just to let you know, I'll include a link in the show notes for this article if you would like to order a signed copy of The Forgotten Pieces of Georgia, the Northwest Counties book, which is now out this week. You can go ahead and place your order on my online store. You can also find it at Amazon if you don't want a signed copy. And it's also available at Barnes and Nobles and most other major book retailers. All right. I want to thank you all once again for listening, and I will see you again in another seven days.